0: Clark again, oh it's through again, he goes, he's got Satuta with him, but it's Ioane in fact, and Rico
1: going to score with a brilliant play from Caleb Clark, and the Blues are in again.
0: gonna back this near side for Vince Arso, Vince Arso gives it away to Umanga Jensen, and he's got it on the line, and that is a try. Pass off oh. Kia ora, falava, and welcome to another episode of the Ruck, a podcast where we discuss all things rugby. Uh, I'm the host of the Kaunuruk, Stacey, and this is our first episode of 2021. So we thought we'd start off by bringing in uh, a knowledgeable man on rugby circles, <laughs> uh, a very knowledgeable man in the rugby community. Uh, Roger, Roger, mate, thanks for ca- jumping on for our first episode of 2021, mate lava, happy new year to all
1: our listeners, uh, far and wide, far and near and wide, <laughs> <laughs> heads, and
0: toes. Yep, yep, for sure, it's good to be back and we've also got Cameron who's helping out with the fact checking because I know with Roger's facts we do need some of those things to be for checked and double checked. Coming in from the left field. to be here doing the job. So. Yep, yep. Alright boys, uh, before we start, mate Roger, it's been what, about two months since we finished up last year? How have you been, mate? What have you been up to? Nothing much, just um,
1: trying to enjoy the summer, get in a bit of a crisp tan and nice, and enjoy some family time as well.
0: Yep, yep. yeah, me the same, just doing the same thing, stuff, so thanks for asking how I was doing as well, Rog. Hey, Stace, <laughs> it looks like you're looking a bit stressedy
1: with that beard that you're sporting there, mate.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's time for it to go. Um, <laughs> yeah, time for a change. I thought I'd try and see if I could pull it off, but I look a bit, a bit stressed and a bit homeless. So yeah, I don't
1: know how you're getting those surgical masks or the N95. <laughs> I mean, with COVID, mate, it's you got to have sealed that off. So yeah, that beard. I'm not sure if you're setting a good example there of <laughs> preventing COVID from spreading,
0: mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. Just on that, we've just come out of level three, so I know that the podcasting has been a bit difficult. But now we're on level two, we're able to power through. So we're going to do a preview today of uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa. But I guess before we start, Rog, mate, I'll ask you: Are you planning on uh, lacing up the boots for 2021? Well,
1: that's a uh, that's a question that's come out. If we were talking about uh, Super Altero,
0: was Does the writing on the wall? Mate, should have retired two years ago. <laughs> or are you still going to keep, keep going?
1: uh the writing's always been on the wall, but like the 2 we had it never happens. So I'm just gonna just go down to training and and see what happens. But yeah, still enjoy going down to training with the. The club good young lads coming through but yep. yeah we'll see how it, how it all eventuates and, and you know covert as well has been a massive factor last year in terms of grassroots club rugby so affected a whole lot of the grassroots community right across the nations he's hoping that everyone can get back and play some footy as well
0: yep yep i know we spoke about this last year and one of our goals for 2021 was not to just cover Super Rugby, but to look at women's rugby and some of the grassroots. So it'd be good to have someone on the counter ruck who's still involved with the game in some capacity. So, Rog, mate, hope you do lace up the boots, brother. <laughs> we'll see okay Yeah. All right. Um, so just some things that we've got coming up uh, for 2021. Uh, we did 20 episodes last, uh, last year, 2020. But coming up, we're trying to come back bigger and better. So we'll be doing our weekly preview shows, which we've been doing, and review shows, which we've been doing last year. Um Also coming up throughout the year, we've got the 30-year anniversary of the Manu Samoa, the 91 Manu Samoa, who did, that's probably our greatest ever achievement, I think, for the Manu Samoa, what they did at that 91 World Cup. So we'll look at that, the 30-year anniversary, we'll look at that and. What went wrong after that? I thought that was going to be the turning of a corner. But we'll touch on that a bit later on throughout the year and just doing some previews. So we've also got a new thing, which I'm going to introduce probably a bit later on in the show. We've got a WizWiz medal, which is what we're going to call it for the Player of the Year. So um, just some things to look forward to for 2021. Um, I'll also say that our website, um, for anyone who's not sure, is up and going. So check that out, www.wizwiznet.com. And also, uh, we've got a Facebook page, Kanaruk Facebook page and Twitter, so give us a follow and give us a like on there. Um, but Super Rugby Aotearoa, I thought we'd start by doing some previews and I'll uh, we'll start at the top of the North Island and work our way down, similar to what we did last year, which brings us to your old team you used to support before you've jumped <laughs> the fence, Rog,
1: the, the Blues. Oi, sulle, what you gotta bring it in like that, segue,
0: Sully. Mate, that's still my team. I'm, I've I still got to say that's still my team, mate. But Wajola, um, I'll just ask you quickly, mate. Do you have any thoughts on how you think the Blues are going to go or just any standout players to keep an eye out for? Just something on the Blues as we do a bit of a, a preview of the teams.
1: It was sort of sad to see Olala come north from the Mighty Waikato region. But, I mean, he's obviously there to try and prove a point that he's still a mainstay for the All Blacks. But he's going to you know, be doing it... Tough with uh, the experience of Ofa Tuungafasi there as well as Carl uh, Tuanu coffee who had a a little bit of a a reinvention of himself to be able to be in the All Blacks again um, last year. So well done to to him and yeah. those that have helped them come back um, into good form, especially after his maiden year. But um, you got a good team all around there. you got Rico who's now solidifying his place in the in the midfield, but also obviously can cover um, on the flanks in the wing. Um, Zan Sullivan, good pick-up from the Blues. Um, and also Nepia Oneria for Ma'i. But um, Caleb Clark, good to see him probably starting the season afresh. You know, no, not too sure what's going to be happening with the Sevens and the Olympics later on this year, but, you know, and whether Caleb Clark He's now pretty much uh, a mainstay in the All Blacks as of last year, but uh, bigger and better things from a lot of those players. Good to see local Matar man Adrian Choate in there with uh, a second half against the Blues in the game of three halves. It's just been, it's just happened this weekend. So, yeah, no, and Piro Feta to make a comeback, slotting in there at fullback against the Crusaders and then able to... Obviously, slot into number ten as well. But I think you know before his injury, we last year he was really making waves for himself as a fullback. Um, but obviously, he, there's been um, big reps on him as a young young lad coming through the, the age grade at at first five as well. So, but tough battle there at halfback. Who's going to be settling at halfback with Jonathan Ruru there and Sam Nock. Sam Nock had a I, I believe a good Good season last year, um, also with the Tanihi as well as the Blues, and trying to, um, you know, put his hand up to be the, the first pick. But um, interesting to see what happens with the, your your flankers there because you've got a, a wealth of, loose forwards, Adrian Chote again trying to prove his worth, uh, Tom Robertson coming back in, good to see him back um, after a, a spell on the sideline with injury. Akira Ioane, I believe, has got a, a point to prove as well, um, you know, having had a, a good stint with the All Blacks at the end of the year last year and, and see whether he can just continue to show that maturity at Super Rugby as well and and continue to make headwaves there and, and have his hand up to be a mainstay in that All Black squad.
0: Yeah, nice thoughts. I agree with all, with all of that, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I did introduce you as a knowledgeable guy in rugby circles. I'm not sure if uh, Leon McDonald <laughs> listens to our podcast and listens to your tips <laughs> because we did well, we did a podcast before the Super Rugby teams were named and you identified three guys that you thought should get Super Rugby contracts. You said Adrian Choate, Nereo Formai and Zan Sullivan. And uh, Leon McDonald must have been listening because he took all three of, of your of guys. So uh that's it. it. So I'll be yeah i give me some credit there,
1: mate. I mean I've just all three of them. <laughs> I think uh Adrian Choate at the beginning of the year didn't have a contract with the Blues. He was in the wider squad. I'm not too sure what's happening now. We're getting close to a week out now. But you know, seeing him in there for this game of three halves it's this this um this late in the preseason and close to the season kicking off next week, um is good signs for Choate, you know. Um uh, not too sure whether he would have gone to another franchise if he wasn't going to be in with a, a chance with the Blues. But good to see him um, trying to fight his way into that uh, into the uh, playing squad as well. So good on him. But just means White Matter won't see him. If he's, uh, <laughs> well, then you might have to step up and pull the boots on again. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm still trying to play centre and fullback these days.
0: <laughs> Nate, you touched on the props as well. So um, Hodgman. It was with the All Blacks last year, Uh Tūnuku Awe, uh, Owhatunga Fasi. and then they've added Niporo Lala, so that's four All Black props that they've got going there, so that's another area of strength, along with the loose forwards which you touched on, but they've lost, they've lost, who were, Bodie, how could I forget, they've lost Bowden Barrett, so that's a big loss, um, I, I don't know if he was a, the guy that turned it around for the Blues, but I think that he is so good. And Pedro Feta, like you mentioned, before his injury, he looked good. So he's going to have to step up. I think that if he can step up, then that can help to fill that void as well. So the Blues, mate, I'm obviously biased, but I think that they've got a really, really good chance of taking up the competition, mate. How do I, you don't, I
1: don't expect you to say anything different. <laughs> this is what you've said every year yes, yes. since 2000, and yeah, since the last championship. But, Again, touching on um, the first five options here, Otere Black had a stellar uh, start to last year after being in Bowdoin Barrett's shadow down at the Hurricanes, you know, obviously injuries hampered his his tenure with the Blues at the beginning, but he came into his own last year and was able to um, just really call the shots and and guide a steady ship there before even Bowdoin Barrett came came into the Blues um, equation, so I mean, you act so surprised that um, Baden Barrett was is a massive loss. You guys knew full well that he was not <laughs> going to be here this year. <laughs> you know, he's obviously taken up contract in Japan. Um, again, massive, massive money to try and get him into the Blues Colours, and it was a good effort for them to be able to do that. But we won't be seeing him until the latter stages of the Super Aotearoa next year, or Super Rugby, or whatever version it is, before the next World Cup.
0: Yep, yep. So, yeah, for me, just, I'm just expecting big things from the Blues, and I predict that they will probably take it out. Um, we'll mention as well that um, James Parsons, he's retired, uh, another favourite of the counteract podcast. And so Kurt Eklund, he's, um, he was pretty good last year, so I will say that I, I expect him to step up. And another um, guest that we've had on our podcast before, Ray Niuia. He's back from his long-term injury, and he'll be contesting for that hooker spot. So... Big shout out for him I hope he does well Um, He's um, He's been Did good work For our podcast before So Shout out to him Uh, If you ever got anything more You want to say On The beautiful blues We'll move Down towards Your neck of the woods Rog And we'll have a quick preview Of the Chiefs The mighty Chiefs uh, Mate This is your team So I'll let you have the first say I will say We've just watched The game of three halves and they looked rudderless. They looked lost. <laughs> they lost both halves, and that Come was on. quite convincing. Rudderless, you're, you're
1: making. I don't you're, know what you're, you're trying mm. to compare them to. American magic that uh, had no show out in the waters. I don't. <laughs> <No show. laughs> well,
0: was it was down in Cambridge? Maybe they were watching some of these bloody racing and stuff. But um, yeah, the Chiefs, mate. What are you making of the Chiefs? And, and who should we be looking out for? Is there anyone that really stands out? They've got a really young side. Well, you got some of the experienced guys like Brad Weber and Damien
1: McKenzie to sort of steady the ship a bit. With a lot of the young fellas coming through, um, Antonina Brown as well in centres. It'll be interesting to see um, how they go with that leadership group there. But then there's a lot of um, some newer players right across the board there. But you got. Tetoiro, Tahuri Orangi still in there as well, who um some were saying was, you know, lucky to be in that um, all black mix. Area oh, yeah, I'm saying, that. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. Um but he's there again to show his wares. Nathan Harris still, you know, trucking along there and is, is somewhat of a, a more of an experienced campaigner for the blues front row as well as, you know, as a as a hooker. Um, Luke Jacobson obviously a lot of time in the ITM last year trying to make a comeback after an injury uh, the year before but um, but yeah looking at Brad Webber it will be interesting to see how he steps up trying to claim a, you know, a spot in that all black if there's any all black tests at the end of next year um, but he, he's always going to be an exciting sort of prospect as well but Chase Tietia, he he was with the I think he was with the Canes last year, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And um, from what I remember, he only had one game. So it's interesting he's come he's come north to try and get um, some more game time. And but um, he's he's an exciting player as well. And he was a part of that uh, that game that he did play in. He, he did really well. He scored a try or two. So, but yeah, I'm not too sure. There was, was there a player there that's come north from the southern? Parts of the South Island. One test All Black. Uh, I'm not too sure if his name escapes me at the moment. So he could be another one that's in.
0: Yeah, we've got our fact checker looking into that. But one thing I will say like you talked about Triple T, I genuinely think he is a player under pressure because we talked about Xavier Rowe last year and I watched that first half when they played the Crusaders. He was the best player on in the Chiefs, I thought. He was the, the standout player. And I think that he will it might be a bit young. He might still have a bit more development to go. But I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the year he's the number one half back there. And I think Triple T will move down to third. So he's gonna have to step up and do some amazing things. Well another thing I'll ask you about Rogers, they had um Damian McKenzie. He played first five. So I know they've had some issues. They've lost Aaron Cruden. Um, just curious how you see that part of, of who you think might be the 10. They've picked up um, Bryn Gatlin as well from who was with the Highlanders last year. But, you know, Cruden, he's a world-class player, and it's a big loss. Mm-hmm. So
1: I think Bryn Gatlin, he, you know, he did some good things for the Highlanders. Obviously, the the drop kick that, that sealed it against the, his own father coaching <laughs> at the Chiefs, but... I think he'll be, you know he's been a bit of a journeyman too. You know, as a young person too. You know, he's come from the Blues, he was the Highlanders, and he's also now he's at the Chiefs. So it will be interesting to see how they utilise him and when do they bring him in. Do they throw Damien McKenzie into the fullback role in order to have someone of his ilk in that uh, first five, or um, and so and Chase tier as well, he's got a bit of a school set where he can play uh, closer into the forwards as well. So it'll be interesting to see where they um, utilise all these guys. But Caleb Trask, obviously another guy that um, played really well for the New Zealand Māori All Blacks uh, last year as a fullback. Um, he has been utilised as a first five as well um, throughout last year's season. But young man, um, I think he's trying to find his... His place as well, and where he is best utilized. And I guess working in with the players that's already been mentioned, um, I guess he's just got to fit in. And I I think fullback is probably his his better, place, he's got a bit more time, and he just seems a bit more comfortable at the back there.
0: Yeah, the the Chiefs. uh, We talked about Xavier Rowe. Uh, This guy Rayhan as well. I saw him. He looks. He's another young young guy. Massive potential. So I think he, um, they've got some good young talent coming through, and good to see Nathan Harris back, who you talked about before. So he's been an All Black hooker. He's had horrible run of injuries. So if he can get a bit of luck, I think he could be. He's got enough experience, and he's been around the traps long enough, played at the highest level. He could be a, a big pickup for the, for the Chiefs as well. But um, they they didn't win a game last year. I don't think they I think they'll win. Uh, they should win a game. I, they're not that bad. They're not nowhere near as bad as a team that shouldn't win a game. But I still think it could be a long year. How do you see the? How do you see the Chiefs?
1: They, they're gonna obviously you can't go any worse than what they. Right. They didn't achieve last year, um, so I'm, I'm pretty sure that the squad will be willing to try and, you know, just start with the first week one week at a time, just try and do the best they can to try and win. And I think with a lot of these guys, whether they've been um, impacted by injury in, in previous years, um, with a fit squad, they've got so much talent to burn. you got your Lachlan Bosch here, you got Peter Gasso, Luke Jacobson's got a point to prove. Mm. Mitchell Carpick, who had such a huge rep as a young player as well coming up, is now a seasoned, he's wow. is probably his third season of... Um, Super Rugby as well, so there's going to be a lot asked of him, but then obviously all of those loose forwards around um, the hitman Sam Kane um, and the All Blacks captain, so there's, they've got a lot to prove um, Kane has got a, a lot to answer for in trying to guide this team, whether he's um, fit enough to play at times because of what we understand of his injuries in the past but there's a lot of guys that can fill um, his, his place and do it just as got a damage i guess um Angus Tavau as well touching back on the front row he's got a lot to prove um having a, a bit of a um he was on the sidelines quite a bit last year due to injury but Sione Mafileo i mean he's Sione Mafileo's played over 50 um, games for the blues and he's now he was pretty much a straight swap with Nippo coming north and Sione's gone down to the chiefs so it'll be interesting to see how he thrives in that Um, environment down there but um, we haven't even mentioned Sean Wainui and Sean Stevenson in that mix as well so those guys experienced campaigners and Sean Stevenson despite being quite young in age he's been in that Chiefs environment for a fair few years now and so knows how how it all works whether he starts or comes and shows some impact off the bench Um, Sean Stevenson's a good finisher as well
0: Yep yep good thoughts there um, yeah I, I agree with you They know there's no way they're going to be as bad as they were last year I think they will they're going to have a, a hard year but I think they might move up the table so I don't think they're going to come last
1: oh, no, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to win uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be biased or anything but just um,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: in my uh, humble opinion and professional opinion I believe they're going to win
0: <laughs> yeah special shout out to Lachlan Boshier as well probably the most unluckiest player last Absolutely. year not to get picked in the All Blacks and if he keeps on playing the way he is it's going to get to the point where it's too hard to What leave does him he up. have to do?
1: What, well, what what else does he have to do? What else I, does he have to do?
0: I don't know the answer. I would have picked him if I was the All black selector or All Black mm. coach I would have picked him. And especially when um they had a few injuries and then they pulled in um Karifi ahead of Bushier again. Mm. I thought oh man, he must be well down the list.
1: And it's it's not a bad thing against um uh, Karifi as well, you know, he's he's done so well to Get that call up and be a part of that international and all black environment, and so the the, the competition is so hot with loose forwards. Um, and you know, Sam Kane is, is your captain, so um, you gotta they, they're all fighting for you know, and, and trying to be versatile to whether they can play six or eight. And we see that with Luke Jacobson slotting at an eight mm. in this um, game of three halves. So Peter so Sawakulak is a six eight as well. Yep. Mitchell Carpak, he can play. Seven, but is probably um, versatile enough to play in an eight as well, and six, and cover all three. So huge competition, and uh, Lachlan Bushier is just going to try and stay fit and just and do well for the Chiefs, and and hopefully be pers- show his pers- perseverance and be persistent enough to get a, a berth in the All Blacks eventually.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Good thoughts there, Rog. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I think I'm. Picking the Chiefs to actually come fourth, so <laughs> don't hold much hope for them, I think. Um, yeah, well, we haven't got anything more on the Chiefs. We'll move further down south towards the, the Hurricanes in the windy city of Wellington. So, uh, mate, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the Hurricanes, mate? Um, I think for me, the big talk
1: is uh, the comeback of the bus, you know? Yes. I mean, he's, he's back in there. He's part of the promo... And everything you know, they, they've got big, big expectations of Julian Savia um, making a big move and trying to, you know, he he's talked it up last year that he wants to try and become an All Black again. But obviously, he started at ITM level <coughs> last year and made his way. He was available for the the Hurricanes um, towards the latter stages of Super Aotearoa <laughs> twenty twenty, but uh, wasn't utilised. So, but you know, there's enough guys in there as well to. Put in a bit of competition for Julian, but he's not going to uh, lie down and 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 not try and make a mark and pretty much try and see if he can um, reinvent himself enough. Whether he can do it, uh, I'm not. I'm not 100% sold on it. But he's got a lot of work and a lot of young, enthusiastic um, wingers that are out there. Whether he makes a move to the midfield, there could be somewhere where he might be able to um, become an all-black again. I'm not too sure. I haven't seen the inside centre skills of or you know, of, of Julian Sevier to try and make any sort of good case for him. But um, if he can do what uh, Rico Ioane, but Rico Ioane was always a, a centre right. who was playing out wide. Um, whether he can reinvent himself like we know Tana Umanga did Back in the early 2000s, then you know he could sort of have some. He could add to some of those tests that he's had as an All Black winger. Um, has he? I don't think he's had 50. I think he's just under 50 tests for the All Blacks, mm. uh, Julian Savier. But yeah, yeah. So be interesting to see how he does. But he's, I mean, all credit to him for, to be able to get another super contract after um, a bit of a sort of controversial. Um, Time overseas in France um, be good to see him he's back in New Zealand in New Zealand waters so or is he just over the 50
0: 54 yeah 54 54 just got okay. our check our check it to confirm that yeah good call on um, Julian Savia but it's similar to what happens to those types of outside backs in New Zealand those real explosive outside backs so we saw Tana Umanga happen to him uh, Joe Rocathoko um uh, you know even Jonah Lomu the late great Jonah Lomu and Christian Cullen and these type of guys where there's that short shelf life for those type of powerful explosive outside backs yes. so if you can do what Tana Umanga did and make a transition to the midfield then mm. you can prolong your career um and that's why I think that's what he's trying to do he sort of realizes the writings on the wall he doesn't have that out and out explosive power and speed that he had uh in his younger days he's he's 30 now um so he's trying to reinvent himself and hopefully he can do it. I did see him play in the preseason game I think it was yesterday they played the Highlanders and he looks like at least he's been keeping in shape so he looked quite slim and quite lean so he's really coming in trying to uh, give himself the best chance but um so his last test was about three four years ago two thousand and seventeen
1: was his final test so yeah. it's uh it's going back a bit but the same time there's no no doubt in my mind that you know it's something a challenge for him to be able to try and do that. But um, yeah he he played in number eleven. Fifty one times he played as a number eleven. So you know that was his for a good a good amount of time and yeah. so and to see obviously Riku Iwane make it his own he's he's trying to stake a claim on it again. But um, the challenge is there for Julian to be able to do that. But whether we he doesn't reinvent himself and come Closer into the action, but whether he can um, do that is another question. But uh, it'd be interesting to see and to follow that part of his journey. But I think the difference for me was that Tana caught it early, Rico caught it early. You know, before they were finished on the wing, they could still play on the wing, and they decided to make the call to come inside. And I think yeah. that's the difference here, I, I believe. And Julian, the only difference for Julian is that you know he's been out of the out of the All Blacks for four years now, mm. close to four years, and so whether he can make a comeback. I remember Chris Jack, when he came back from overseas, made a, a claim to that, you know, obviously the desire is still there to become an All Black again, but it never eventuated for uh, the likes of Chris Jack either. So, yeah, it would be interesting to see how it all goes.
0: Yeah, he got, um, he had a rough time in France, as you, you sort mm. of alluded to. I know he's getting um, trolled a lot on social media. He his performances weren't that good, but they can be quite brutal over there. So it's good to see him back. Uh, that experience factor is really huge. And just on that experience factor, they've really they've lost um, TJ, TJ Perenara, who's yeah. he's been critical for everything that they do. So w- when they've had their successful periods, was when they had TJ at halfback and they had um, Bodie at ten. You take those two guys out, and that's you know, a massive drop. So Jamie Booth is also injured which means uh, Jonathan Tomatini was the starting halfback uh, during those trial games. And they've got Jackson Garden-Bashup there. So I think that those decision-making positions, you know, the, the playmakers, they're really skinny in that side, and I think they're going to slide slide quite badly, actually. So how, how do you see the Hurricanes? How do you think they're going to go?
1: Well, they've got some, you know, Jackson garden <coughs> Bishop had a pretty good season last year as well. Who? And- hey. <laughs> well, not for the Hurricanes, I didn't think. Oh, man. I thought he did for the Hurricanes. You know, he showed a bit of uh, good, good decision making, but right. you know, obviously not enough, not enough to to warrant <laughs> a, a, a really a, a pass mark. But I think he's he's got some promising signs there. But um, my my big um, hope here is uh, Salisi Rayasi. Mm-hmm. You know, he he obviously plays really well for Auckland. Yep. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how he. And it was him and AJ Lamb that were were making some massive noise for Auckland last year in the ITM Cup, NPC. So it'll be interesting to see how he kicks on as an outside back or as a winger for... He's a, he's quite a he's quite a big unit. Yeah, he's, he's tall. He's, he's, he's a, quite sleek, but at the same time, once yep. he gets older, he's going to fill out, you know, will he be like a Julian Savia-type winger? But his skill set, he's quite athletic. Um, he's, he, he doesn't have that kind of a power game but mm-hmm. he's quite elusive in terms of his athleticism um, Lolangi Vas- Visenia has come back from overseas as well uh, yep. former New Zealand Sevens as well as a Blues player mm-hmm. um, local West Auckland boy from custom right. uh, Boys and, and played for suburbs but you know he's done well obviously won the championship with uh, the Magpies last year so there was a bit of success and to be able to secure a contract with him uh, with the Canes is uh, good on him but um, who else is there that we can Simon Hickey he's been a bit of a stalwart for grammar tech in the the Auckland scene so you know I I don't know I I think this is his first time that he's had a super contract I could be wrong I haven't really looked into the the history there with Simon Hickey but he's always been playing for Auckland Will go overseas with his brother and then come back and play club as well as ITM for Auckland and but I believe he, he may have I'm not too sure again he may have been a part of the blues whether he's had a game or two I stand to be
0: corrected yeah game or two or maybe 14 14 <laughs> he's had 14
1: for the blues <clears throat> 2014
0: 15 that's wow well, I'm a diehard blues fan and they must have not been that good because I don't remember him at all being there, he must have just been um, yeah, so he's, he's, he's just another guy, a Jag, <laughs> for the Blues.
1: So he has played quite a, a bit of rugby in, in, um, in France, yeah. a few seasons there, as well as in Scotland for Edinburgh. But, um, okay, so he was part of the Blues. 14 games he played in those two seasons, 2014-15. Stacey, you're, you're, a, you're a Blues fanatic, so is Cam on our fact check, they don't even remember him. So... Obviously he's just slipped under the radar and he <laughs> slipped under my radar. I didn't even realise he's, but he's he's got an awesome kicking game. He's He's um, been able to steer the ship for Grammar Tech um, in previous seasons uh, to a couple of championships as well for that club. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes because he's, he's not a young, he's not an early 20s. He's he's probably closer to 30 now. So, but he's been around the traps. He knows the ins and outs of, obviously what he needs to try and, Prove himself with so that's an interesting acquisition for the Canes, getting someone that hasn't played Super since two thousand fifteen.
0: Yep, yep, yeah. I that's my big question about the about the uh, the Hurricanes just on that that nine ten axis. I think they're really skinny in that area, and I think that's going to hurt them in the long haul. I think Jordy Barrett's going to be cru- crucial for them. He's probably their most creative player, and they're one of their best players as well. Mm. So I see him being involved in a lot of the. The attack and helping to structure a lot of their points, but I've actually got them coming last in the New Oof. Zealand conference.
1: Oof. Even with uh, All Blacks, uh, Julian Savia, Billy Proctor, Nani No Mape. yeah, Julian Savia, he's he's in, he's named in there as a, in the midfield. So yeah, that's something that we could be seeing a bit more of in mm-hmm. the future. Yeah,
0: yeah, I also say congratulations, Adi Savia. He's taken over the captain seat since TJ's left. Capitan. So captain, captain yeah. Adi. Ah, uh, he's a lead by example type of player.
1: Future All Black Scott Scrafton still, uh, still, still, still in there. The locks he's there. still in there. Yeah, yeah. We'll, Another favourite know, of the club. We'll plot. see what happens later on this year, team. We'll see what happens. Kane Lao Pepe from the Manu Yep. I, I don't even know if he did he have a game last year for the lock uh, for the Kane. I, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah, interesting the the competition between the hookers. Rigatelli still there. Um, Omore and Coles so. It's Going to be interesting competition and see how they utilize <laughs> yep. who and when, but um, but yeah, it's Tyrell Lomax, and that, um, and as a prop, it's, it's probably a lot of the younger ones there now, but mm-hmm. Tyrell Lomax is probably the more senior. So I could be wrong,
0: yep. So, yeah, hooker aside, I think that type five. Could struggle a little bit, eh? Lomax is, isn't too bad, but outside of that, I think they've got some, some workman-like locks and some struggle, some potential guys in the f- props. But, uh, yeah, I th- I'm predicting them to come to come dead last in the New Zealand fact Conference, checker, unfortunately. Fact checker.
1: Can you bring up Luke Campbell, please? Luke Campbell. Is he my... Oh, no, he's a halfback, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Oh, no. Who's the, who's the other... That's it. It's Simon Hickey. Oh, OK. No, no, no. Not Luke Campbell, then. What's Luke Campbell's history? How has he made it into the Canes?
0: He doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. That tells you <laughs> a lot about where he is in the grand scheme of things. Um, yeah, he's uh, what well, from Bayer Plenty. So I think oh, okay. TJ, like we talked about this uh, a bit earlier, but TJ, he's such a big loss and he was a lot of everything they did revolved around, around his play. So they basically structured their whole attack around what him he was doing at nine and what Bodie was doing at ten. So because of those two massive losses, irreplaceable losses, I I see them slipping down down to last. Sorry, Hurricanes fans that listen to the podcast, but yeah, last for them.
1: Okay, so Campbell was uh he has played for Wellington before, but um he's twenty five years old and he's come back to first time play for the Kings. So and that's I guess with T J bowing out. Um, yeah. Has provided an opportunity for them there. So all the best to the Canes. Yep, nice. Got them down as, I'll uh,
0: be third. Ooh, third, that's not too bad. Although they were third last year, so it's not unreasonable to think that. But um, yeah, we'll move towards the South Island. Um, the top team of the South Island, uh, I won't say the top team, but I'll say the team more closer to the top. Uh, the Highlanders, the Highlanders, we'll look at them. Uh, do a little preview of the Highlanders, mate. So, um, Rog, what have you made of, of the Highlanders? And Did you just say you that
1: uh, geographically, the most northern team of the two South Island
0: franchises? I did say that. Now I've and realized this the Highlanders. Sorry. <laughs> the Crusaders. The Crusaders. We'll do the Crusaders.
1: Crusaders. Wow. Well, the
0: dynasty that is the Crusaders. <laughs> yeah. Can they even be stopped? Because what the, what are they up to now? Four, four in a row? And they've got to be odds on favourite again, I'd say. But, uh, yeah. mate, yeah, well, Roger, get your take on, on this, this Crusaders team and how you think they're going to go? And some just some players that you identify? Well,
1: just basing it off last year, and you see the experience in there, um, just in the back line alone. I haven't even looked at the forwards, but Richie Maunga, Seville Rees, Will Jordan, Jack Goodhue, George Bridge, David Havili, the All Blacks, you know, if, if they weren't All Blacks last year, the previous, the former All Blacks, as well as the current bunch there, so um, yeah, there's just a whole lot of experience and good leadership there. And then we go to the forwards, you've got Joe Moody's, Cody Taylor still there, Um George Boa was in All Black. Well, he was in the All Black squad. I don't think he he was he had a test last year for the All Blacks, but he was included in that um, in the championship. What was the championship? Was it was it called? Because South Africa wasn't involved in it, wasn't it? it? was yep. similar, similar to a Tri Nations again. Sam Whitelock again there, so. Cullen Grace, he was an All Black for the first time last year. Uh, Tom Christie is there to try and prove a point. He's probably on the verge of becoming an All Black as well. But, uh, yeah, there's, I um, don't oh no, was it Tom Sanders? Was it Tom Sanders that was the All Black last year as well?
0: He was the guy, he played awesome in that North-South game, Tom Sanders. And missed so, out, eh? Yeah, but he was sort of like, with yeah. all the loose forwards going around, I was sort of shocked that. He was in the running, and then he was probably one of the best players to the point where he's really put his name in, uh, up in the reckoning. So, yeah, Tom Sanders is a guy I'll keep an eye for. But I think he's got an uh, injury which has got to keep him up at the start of Super Rugby. He should be back for the the Trans-Tasman section of of Super Rugby, I believe, but I think he'll be missing uh, a chunk of, of the Aotearoa section.
1: Yes. so... Uh I mean, it's just a dogfight to try and get into the starting sheet, let alone the squad um, for this Crusaders. But they seem to have a well oiled machine. Braden Eno, didn't even mention him either. So if he comes right from his injury, mm. woes of last year, then. But uh, Will Jordan is going to be looking forward to trying to make a real claim on either fullback or one of those wing spots. So. Massive competition right across I mean just with these four franchises That we've touched on yet We haven't even gone to the Highlanders yet But um, George Bridge again another winger David Havili If he can remain injury free He had a stellar start to the super um, Campaign last year so um, But then he was even Proving his worth in the ITM In the latter stages of last year too So Lester firing, Nuku who's got a Big point to prove so mm. because <laughs> it's going to either be all blacks or tonga, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for these uh <laughs> brothers, so who see who knows where it's going to end up. And a lot of these island boys, you know, a couple more years for the next world cup, and some of them will probably be making that decision whether they go across just like um Michael Alalatoa did for the last world cup, yep. Um, and so they come to that crossroads, but uh. Scott Barrett as captain. Interesting. What does everyone think there? Sam Whitelock's not gonna be there for every game. They're gonna try and probably wrap him up in a bit of cotton wool and
0: yep. possibly and yeah. ease
1: his way into twenty twenty three. But um Mitchell Dunshir, was he the other all black? There was a lock that was a, a first-time All Black last year.
0: Uh, Strange. Quentin Strange. Quentin was, he Strange. was the guy that's the one. who sort of came from, I guess, sort of nowhere.
1: Yeah, and that's it. So. Mm. Yeah. But he played the All Blacks? Quentin Strange.
0: He got selected. I don't know if he got yeah, a game. There was a... I'm not sure if he got picked. Uh, Cullen go Grace.
1: Pick Cullen Grace got a test or two.
0: Yeah, I think Cullen Grace got... He got a game... Uh, I'm not sure if he got a, He got an actual test. Quinton Strange. Oh, he... No. No. No, he didn't.
1: Five. Five appearance. Oh, under 20s. Oh. hmm Oh, okay. That? There was other one there. Someone
0: got his one test. Yeah, I think that was Colin Grace. He got one test. Colin Grace. But yeah, just on the Crusaders, I think you've touched on a lot of the, the main guys there, Rog. Um... They've got a few injuries early on. So I think that could potentially hold them from winning it winning it again. So you talked about Tom Sanders. Uh, he's injured. Um, Braden Inouye, you mentioned, who's who's got an injury. Uh, George Bridge is injured. Uh, Andrew Makaleo's injured. I think Manasa is injured as well. So they're going to be missing some pretty good firepower. And if they cop a few more injuries during the season, I think that could... Really test their depth, so for that reason,
1: ooh, ooh. I think
0: that they're going to come second. Ooh. Just the injuries are going to stop them. Are uh, going to be eh? second to the Blues. Second to so the Blues. I think that they'll come second. Have they a got? A, have the they team. got a final factor in for this Super
1: Alterua after they the pot up that they did Eden, last
0: year? They final at Eden Park. They're going to have a final.
1: <laughs> Waikato. Yeah, well, that's an interesting one there because you know, with all like you say that due to the injuries that, um, yeah, they're going to. Have a bit of a lacklustre campaign, but I believe that you know that as the juggernaut is that that we know of the Crusaders in the past. Whoever comes in, it's just going to kind of fill that void and just going to yeah. bring their own flavour and do the damage themselves. <coughs> we we know what Andrew Makalil presents now, and and then whoever, if he's injured, Cody Taylor's there. But then they always have someone else who's rearing to go and ready. Um, so I never discard the, the chances for the Crusaders, but they've got it covered right across the board. But then even players that we don't even know that could be pulled from club rugby will probably be rearing at the, go, uh, rearing at the bit to go as well. So
0: Yeah, that's a good point. If we look at what we talked about last year, so guys like Quinton Strange, Cullen Grace, Tom Christie, uh, Tom Sanders, these weren't guys that we knew a lot about last year. Mm. And now look at them, they're bloody... Come into the the team and the Crusaders, their their culture and the way they bring guys on, people can come from nowhere and be bloody superstars. So that's that's a good point. Um, yeah, well, we'll it'll be interesting to see what happens. So, how do you think the Crusaders are going to go? Do you see them? I I, the I reckon
1: second as well, second to the Chiefs.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, they've got a lot. They've got a lot of, of firepower, obviously. Um, but yeah, just for me, too much injuries. Will will stop them from winning. He's super rugby uh, old I'll say they won't win Super Rugby Aotearoa. When the guys come back for the Trans Tasman <laughs> section I think that they could. That ain't be gonna too happen.
1: Much. That trans Tasman is not gonna happen. You reckon? I don't think it's gonna happen.
0: Ah, oh, yeah, that'll be interesting.
1: Because they'll have to like some of those teams will have to base like the rebel the Melbourne Rebel will have to go out of... Because Melbourne just had too many issues with COVID. Yep. They'll have to base themselves out of Melbourne, if that's to happen, and then to... And probably somewhere in either Brisbane or or Sydney, where it's less likely to sort of... Go, for COVID is less likely to take a hold and affect anything that could eventuate from there. So, I mean, they've got their own competition they have to worry about that could be hampered by um, outbreaks of COVID... In different states But Yeah Too much is happening there I don't think the They're isolating As best As, as well as they could mm. And that's again It's a different Jurisdiction from State to state And that'll That'll come to play And affect Any sort of Eventuation of Trans-Tasman Competition After Aotearoa
0: Yep uh, We mentioned Andrew Makaleo A big loss for them So Cody Taylor I think he's going to be crucial for them, he's going to have a big year and I'm predicting big things from him from the Crusaders so he's the guy who I think is going to be the standout player for the Crusaders Just he's going to have to be just because Andrew Makalil he's, um, he's got a season ending injury so um, he's going to have to step up and they don't have the rest protocols for the All Blacks that they've had historically So, or they haven't mentioned anything so if they don't have those rest protocols he could be good to play big minutes So That'll
1: be in 2023 super <laughs> Season, that's when they'll have those.
0: Yeah, wrist, Yeah, but you know, the Crusaders are, they're the Crusaders, so they'll, mm. the Juggernaut carries on. And I uh, would surprise absolutely no one who's listening to this will think if they were to to take it out again. Yeah, but uh, yep, our two experts here, I think. Uh, <laughs> 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 if, you're, if you're listening to it, you won't see that I'm doing some air quotes for experts, but uh, yeah, we'll be picking the Crusaders just for a span in
1: the works is a third half pack, Brent Hall
0: for the ABs. Ooh, nice, nice. Yeah, we haven't had any real big calls. I I think he's due, I think he's
1: due, he's due his his time. Whether it be for uh, just 2021, but I think he's due a a juicy.
0: Yeah, well, TJ's gone, there's an opening there. Mm. We know Aaron Smith is automatic, but after that, there's some openings now. So, yeah, Brent Hall, good shot. I think he
1: he was unlucky to miss out on... Being in, even in the squad last year, after he had, he showed some good fine form. So, but obviously Mitchell Drum is going to be pushing hard. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Bryn Hall reacts after. You know, I think he felt that he was un, uh, hard done by by missing out on a yep. bit of a call-up. But it's all about how they react and how they take that disappointment and turn it into some form of positive this year. Nice,
0: nice, nice. Um, Williams, so mighty Williams. He was a guy who got earmarked. He's like a 140kg beast, but he's got some ath- athleticism as well. He's quite quick around the field. Similar to Taniela Tupou, that type of style of, of prop. So it's still early days. He's a young man, but just a name for people to listen out for as well. Yeah. yeah
1: but, but I think if George Bauer wants to get any, um, any more experience with the ABs, then I think this will be a year where he's going to try and prove a point. Yep. It would be interesting to see where Mako Alalatoa, because we've seen in the past where a lot of um, internationals who not playing for the All Blacks, but play like for Samoa, like in the case of Michael Alalatoa. He's been able to hold his own in the last two years, despite being unavailable for the All Blacks, but um, obviously an obvious selection for the Manu. Um, it would be interesting to see how he develops or how he pushes on this year, because you've got the likes of George Bauer and all these other players that are eligible for the All Blacks. And whether Michael able to still hold his own and and keep a spot, we've seen it done in the past with yep. um, Brian Lima. You yep. know, as good as all the wingers were around in the time that Brian was playing in New Zealand, he was still able to make, you know get time with the Blues with with the the Highlanders as well. So, yeah, if Michael can push on, it'll be a, a huge um, advantage for the for the Manu, I believe, and it'll be good for the Manu, but. Again, he's got a good, comp- healthy competition there in the wings there waiting. Isi Tongafasi as well, mm. uh, brother of Ofa. Um, yeah, so he's, he's been there a couple of seasons already.
0: Yeah, it's, I'm curious why Michael, not, not in a bad way, but why he f- went for the Manu. Because I think he could have potentially been an All Black if he had waited. If you're in the Crusaders system and you're a starter for the Crusaders, yeah. you get fast tracked to the All Blacks. And he is—he's a starting, starting, he's a starting, he's a starting, he's a starting um, prop yeah. for, the, for
1: the Crusaders. And that's—and and that, that's—and that's, and that bodes well for him. That, and that shows how valuable he is to the Crusaders outfit. Is that he's able to hold his own there despite being unavailable or not eligible for the All Blacks. He's still a mainstay in this Crusaders outfit, and that's been two years now because the last World Cup, mm. two two thousand nineteen, and he's still being selected in this walk, in this um, Crusaders super yep. squad. So that 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 says a lot about the player that and the value that Michael adds to the Crusader <laughs> outfit. But I, I sort of there's been other players of this of that been in similar instances. Right, we can go back to Khan Fuali, you right. know who. You know, he comes to that crossroads, does he still push on and persist with the the All Black dream, or do you then? We don't know what the circumstances are yep. or what what leads him to make those decisions in the end. But obviously, it's been a good good um a good thing for the Manu Samoa that we were able to acquire the services of Michael. Obviously, his brother plays for Australia. Yep. Um, but uh, I think it was always going to be interesting to see where Michael was going to go, and obviously, he's, he's chosen Samoa to. Um, to represent and his, his, their father was a former Manu player as well Yeah. so yeah interesting but uh, I, I believe Michael could have been an all-black too he was yep. good enough he is good enough but the current rules yep. <laughs> won't allow
0: that no, I will also say on the pod that we are of Samoan descent so we're grateful Michael I'm French, that we, I'm can French, get, I'm French. we can get a player of this colour but a turnout for the Manu is, is amazing <laughs> Um, you know normally the All Blacks get who they want and I'm, I'm wondering if they would have really wanted him because I think that like you said skills wise and what he brings on the pitch he's mm. good enough so yep. I thought
1: he was close I thought he was close but then obviously he, he he missed out and then Manu was right there to snap up but you know and that's and that's the choice that they have to make you know whether one cycle of the World Cup will pass them by without playing any international rugby and they still try and play and try and uh, follow on the following year to try and prove themselves as an All Black or to become an All Black other than or do they just take up the opportunity to play international rugby and then and it's not um, not to say it's it's taking the lesser option but I believe it's it's a massive bonus for Samoa to have players that are playing in the Super Rugby or in the professional leagues here or abroad in the Northern Hemisphere. And, you know, Kane, um, Pippe is another example, you know, having played for Samoa in the 2019 World Cup and then being part of the, the Kane setup last year and again this year. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, good thoughts there, Rog. Uh, yeah, what can you say about the Crusaders? They're a great team and it's a testament to their culture. I can't stand them as a team, but you have to respect <laughs> what they can do because they've been yeah they've been at the forefront not just even though they've won what four in a row but you could rewind what 20 odd years and they've been the the best team to beat so um you know you have to give them credit to that but uh if we don't have anything else on the crusaders uh there rog we'll move down to the bottom of the, the south highland which I <laughs> and i'll get right this time to the highlanders so mate rog what are you making of the highlanders this year and and we, how do you see them going
1: yeah, with uh twenty twenty one outfit. Obviously you got Aaron Smith who's awesome. um awesome. still walked down those ways. Um he'll be rearing at the bit as, I love the, the thing about Aaron Smith is his, it's his enthusiasm, his energy, mm-hmm. you know, and doesn't matter how long he's been playing, he's almost like it's his it's his first season, the energy that he brings. It's it's uh, and, yeah, you know, that's a bit of a bright spark for the Highlanders. They've lost a lot of experience in, in the last few years. Uh, be interesting to see how James uh, Lynches has recovered from his uh, season-ending injury last year. Yeah. I can see he's still in the he's, – he's again in the squad this year because he was actually the captain too last year. So yep. um, Marino Mikaele too. will be interesting to see how he pushes on after last year. Um, and trying to push for higher honours there. Liam Squire, a welcome uh, return for him, and he'll be trying to prove his worth. You know, after having um, being sidelined with you know some some issues, some personal issues that he was dealing with, and he could have easily been an in inclusion in that All black <coughs> squad last year mm-hmm. had he made himself available. He he made himself unavailable, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. A number six. Do we have an out and out six yet? For the yes. All Blacks? Yes, we do. Who's that? Akira.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but
1: they're, on, they're just welcome competition. Welcome competition for Akira. And that, and that just means that is just going to have to continue on from what he's already achieved last year. And he made some, you know, huge leaps and bounds, Akira, in his game. Not only just the, the talent that we know him to be, but I think it's the maturity that he showed on the field in times that we knew that he could, he could blow a fuse. So that was encouraging. So when you got a competition of Liam Squires, Caliber coming back in, that's going to be putting um, Akita on notice. So he could easily, you know, fall out of contention. But then you got a lot of other players. Yafit um, is still in the canes, trying to make his way back in. But Liam Squires is, is a huge um, threat, and for any of the Sixers trying to um, put their hands up. Um, Tariki Ben Nicholas has always been an interesting one for me. Um, I think he's got a good shot um, of, you know, pushing for higher honours. If, you know, if it wasn't for COVID, you know, there was always going to be that other New Zealand fifteen team that they were trying to right. um, yes. push for, and that's where guys like Tariki Ben Nicholas, Scott Scrampton's, they they could have had inclusion in those kinds of teams because yep. that's the next step before, you know, a full international. Um, so, it'd be interesting to see where Tariki Ben Nicholas Nicholas falls in to how they want to utilise them this year, um, but and Pari Pari Parkinson as well is another one that um, I believe has got the makings of you know pushing on. But uh, Manaki Selby Rickett, he got a, a last twenty minutes in the North South yep. game, and so he, he he's another one that's wanting to prove a point as well, but. Shannon Frazelle, we know what he can do, we know what he's done. Um, Sort of, I don't know, maybe again, on-field sort of um, incidences (laughs) that have shown that he's got some um, parts of his game that he needs to improve on, but, uh, you know, who doesn't? So, um, hopefully, Shannon Frazelle can, again, bring more competition for Liam Squire as well, as well as uh, and that just strengthens the the all-black sort of uh, potential loose trio as well. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it all happens, but um and then going into Nehemuona Skara. That's an interesting inclusion there in the backs. Nehemuona Skara still uh trucking along there. Have we seen the the best of Nehemuona Skara and you know as he passed yep. it now uh, the the injuries that he's had. He's he's had some really awesome um outings for the All Blacks, I believe. Yes. But the injuries have just really um, had major impact on Nihia and his comeback, and and then that's affected his um, mental um, well-being as well. So hopefully he's put those behind him and he's able to really put his best foot forward and and have a good shot at it. But when Nihia was in, at the peak of his powers, when he's you know a fresh All Black, because I don't know how, how many All Black tests has Nihia has he even gone over ten?
0: Yeah, oh well, fifteen. Because he was but the starting I, wing on the, on the World Cup, so I think he got a lot of games. But he, but, well, yeah, but, but, was but the 15? thing is, what I remember, it was just cut short
1: dramatically simply because of those devastating injuries that he suffered. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I believe he could have, you know, had a, if it wasn't for those oh. injuries. So 13 tests. So yep. if we look at the, the way that he's come in and what he was doing at super level as well as um, in those initial games for the All Blacks, I believe. A, a fit, Milne um, Scudder could have played well above twenty, thirty tests, but yep. some of those crucial injuries that he got when he, you know, when he was um, on his try scoring rampage, scoring a try, he got himself injured and he was out for the season pretty much. So and then coming back and then injuring himself a year later, um, a similar um, season ending injury as well. So. He's had a tough time, but, mm-hmm. but you know, he's done well to, to, again, secure another super contract, and hopefully it goes well for him. But but with the Highlanders, eh? so, you know, he's not with the Canes. He's in a new environment. So it'll be interesting to see what he adds, or what he can bring with all of his experience as well. But um, Michael Collins, <coughs> former Blues fullback. Yep. But um really playing well for them in the centers yeah wasn't it yeah so it'd be yeah it'd be a good watch and then how they utilize Joshua one as well um whether they continue him as first five but then they've got the number 12 option with Joshua one and then that that um, brings an opportunity for the likes of uh, Mitchell Hunt to play first five or Michael Collins to slot in there or but you know he's quite um uh, uh, versatile player, having seen him play for the the Blues as a fullback and also uh, of late being utilised as a centre for the Highlanders last year, which I believe was probably his most um, where he played a lot of his best rugby yeah. last year as a centre.
0: Just on that Joshua, where do you see him actually fitting into this team? Because you're right, he's played first five, second five, he's played they've the, chucked him in at fullback at times. Um, he seems to be a bit of a utility, but he was the all-black first five That's a true. couple of years ago, and he was probably on standby for the World Cup if there was an injury. So do you see think they should be chucking him back at 10? Because they, they have had some good performances from Mitch Hunt, if I'm being honest as well. So I think they're just trying to find a way of fitting them both in the team. But, um, yeah, I just think Joani should be starting starting 10.
1: I, I, I feel that Josh one is a a 10 that can play 12, um, or a 10 that can play fullback, so yeah, versatile, um, and that, I guess that opens up the whole question of taking the utility or specialist mm. players, and yep. and that um, sort of bodes them well for higher honours, and being um, a player that they can utilise in different positions, so... I think that can only be good for him but you want to sort of see him settled in as, as a first choice, first five in order to be able to push his case as a first five option for the All Blacks but then you when you're always going to have a guy like a Damian McKenzie or a R- Richie Maunga then <clears throat> his game time opportunities at first five will be limited but um, we've seen how first fives can drop in in previous World Cups So, but yeah I reckon he'll be utilised um, in any of those positions well, but first five first.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, you talked on those loose forwards, so that 6-8 combination is going to be quite quite interesting, because they've got Frizzell there, uh, Kazuki Himeno, he's a the Japanese, Japanese international, international yeah. so he's a, a decent loose forward. Marino who had a good year last year, uh, Ben Nicholas who you've also talked about, and they've got Liam Squire back, so five quite quality players who can all fit into those six or eight roles um so the five obviously is not going to go into two so someone's not going to be getting the game time mm. and it'll be interesting to see who they see who the highlanders see as their starting six and eight
1: yeah and i think it's just going to come back to that question of Who is versatile enough to be able to double up whether it be a six or be an eight or the other way around Mm. and Liam Squire is a big enough man to be able to operate as a six and possibly better at eight now so to bring in the more enthusiastic the more uh, younger um, Lucy to be able to fill in at six and then Liam Squire will always be backing up as a six or eight as well but then interesting to see if James Lynch is, is good to go then you know, there's your seven right there. Yep. But, um, um, you know, Shannon Frizzell's proved himself six lock. But um, I'm not too sure if Frizzell can cover at eight at this mm. stage in mm. his career. But Kazuki Himeno, it's a massive acquisition for, and an yeah, interesting he's good. one. Because he's, he's a bit of a cult, he has a cult following in Japan. And he, he had a really good um, <laughs> World Cup campaign for the Japanese team. So yeah, for him to be able to, I think the Highlanders have always had a bit of a, a good relationship with the Japanese yep. players, you know, obviously with, um, who was the halfback that they had for years uh-huh. and years? Yep. I um,
0: one, I can't remember his name, but yeah. he was there, he had a good fight. Yeah, yeah,
1: run. and for Tanaka, yeah, yeah, so for Tanaka, you know, obviously, and so the Highlanders are always going to, they've, they've brought in... Um, other internationals from England as well, uh, what's his name, the Loose forward for the English, Haskell, Haskell's played down there as well, we've had Tor Inga down there hmm. um, in the past, Brian Lima Ma as well, so yeah, yeah, so the Highlanders have always had a, they've always been sort of, I believe, the, near the bottom, but they've had some, like I said last year, they've had some better finishes than the Blues. They've had more top, <laughs> top
0: eight finishes than the Blues have in the last 13 years. Oh, yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of good players there. So they had some struggles in the outside backs. So Nehe Moulnescada is a good pick-up for them. Uh, they've picked up Alem- Malo from the Chiefs, who's very yes, good. Yes. So they've got some good young outside backs. But I will say Connor gardin Bishop, he has been really good in the trials that they've had. So he had an, another um, long-term injury, so he didn't get to play last year. But he looks really, really promising. And you talked about Bryn Hall being the, a potential boulder for the All Blacks, but Whakatawa, the Tongan guy mm. from, uh, from the Hicks yeah, I think he won the, um, what was that award that they give? The Dwayne Monkley Award. I yes. think he was the Dwayne Monkley winner. Yeah. So, um, mate, he looks outstanding. He's going to be stuck behind Aaron Smith. He's probably one of the best in the world at the moment. Um, which is fair enough. But uh you know, he could if he can get some games, he could be in that running for the All Blacks the third or half back spot as well. Oh, that's Just right. another person yep. to chuck in the mix there. So um yeah, he's still a young man as well. Still very young. Hmm. Yeah, it's a definitely. Yeah,
1: he had a really stellar um campaign. Um under <laughs> former Waitamata man, head coach, head coach of the Magpies, Mark Ozich. Yep. So and having come through the Hastings Boys High School setup as well, so massive potential for Whakatawa. He's uh, he played for Tonga at the 2015 Pacific Games oh. in touch rugby. Wow. So yeah, superstar in the making. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting because there was a lot of raps around him potentially being an all black you know it was there was the the way that he was playing last year especially in that final yeah. um that sort of earned him all those those uh accolades towards the end of the season so yeah all power to him when all the best for him. it'll be interesting to see how he um trucks on this year but
0: how old is he he's well, he was 20 last year it's when 20. he won the oh, bloody... Yeah. So he's just The Dwayne Monkley medal, so he's... He's just turned 21. He he's, he's served well, you know, learning from Aaron Smith, and that's really helped his game come along. But he should be... Mm. I don't know if he should be looking to move on, but he should be trying to get some more game time at this next level because I think that's going to be a critical part of us, the next phase of his development now. Mm. So we talked about the Hurricanes losing TJ. They should have maybe tried to make a play for Fakatava because he... He's good enough. He, I think he's one of the top five halfbacks in the country that he should be starting somewhere.
1: And he's in the Hurricanes <laughs> area as well.
0: Yeah. Being yeah. in
1: Hawke's Bay. Or is it, no, that's part of Waikato now, isn't it? Or is it still Kings? No, Taranaki. Taranaki is part of. The...
0: Hawke's Bay. Taranaki, uh, King. What Taranaki? Yeah. Waikato's got a family. Nice. Right, so for me, the Highlanders I think they're gonna finish third. I, I will say Selby Rickett as well. He you talked about how he came on in that last twenty minutes for the North South. He looked really good in that game. Mm. And Locke is still a position where they they need some to test some guys. So they picked Quinton Strange out of nowhere. Dupova I got picked out of nowhere. To his credit, he he actually played quite well when he got his chances of I. But um, I still think that they're not sure who they're you know, their next best locks are. So I think Selby Rickett could be a guy who could bolt as well. So a player to keep an eye out for.
1: Yeah, Selby Rickett. I think his dad
0: was an All Black as well. Yeah, I think you mentioned that on one of our previous episodes as well. Yeah, I
1: I really enjoyed watching him towards the back end of the last season. So I think, yeah, if he's going to stand up and just push on from those kinds of performances, he'll be someone that they'll be closely monitoring um, moving forward towards the 23 World Cup.
0: Yeah, nice. Right, good thoughts there, Rog, on the Highlanders. Um, now we've done all our previews for our five uh, New Zealand teams, I wanted to look at some of these new rule changes, just to get your thoughts on some of those. So I'm still dealing with the old <laughs> I know. Um, So two new rules that have come up. they uh, have got a goal line dropout now. So oh, before yes. If you forced it in goal, it would be a 22 dropout. Now it's a goal line dropout. Just like Rugby League. Just like Rugby League. Oh. And they've got the Captain's Challenge, which is also from Rugby League rugby as well. Rugby League. So... I How many Captain's thought- Challenges do you have? I think you just get one, like Rugby League. Just one. Yeah. Just one. So what are your thoughts on these new rules? Um, that was Super Rugby Aotearoa. <sighs> so with the dropout, it's,
1: it's an interesting one. So what prior was a few put the ball place the ball down in the in-goals area it was a uh, 22
0: yeah 22 kick. Minutes, 22 drop out yeah So and now it's a goal line
1: I have no idea as to what benefit that has I guess it, it disadvantages the team that have, that have grounded the ball yeah. and have to drop out because they've lost 22 metres immediately essentially yeah um, and so it just means that yeah, it's either. I guess you wouldn't be risking like you would on the twenty-two line when you do those dropouts. Sometimes <coughs> the, the attacking team with the ball is dropping out so that they can try and retrieve the ball, so they'll be dropping out closer to that twenty-two line. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's too big a risk now to try and do it from the from the try line, and so it'll just be hacking it as far as you can, really, just to put put it back. But then the the defending team will be set up for it. And so they'll be ready to come back. So coming from the trial line to try and defend a kick that they've just um, given back to the uh, the team and the opposition. So I guess it makes it exciting as well. Yep. But, um, yeah. But, yeah, it's an interesting one. I'll, I'll, honestly, I, I'm a... Front row. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not too sure. I'll just uh, follow the ball and try and get
0: there. Now I, I remember when we did our preview last year. And Joey, he, he was on there. He made a comment that he thought that rugby was taking too much from league and becoming similar to league. And now we're taking two more of their innovations and like putting it on. So I do wonder, are the games getting sort of too similar now, too close together? What are the other ones that we took from league that Joey? Well, um, they did in Australia. They've mm. got that 50-22. If you kick it from in your own half and it goes out on the twenty-two, you get the lineup, which is similar to a forty-twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had some other. I think they had the captain's challenge for a while. So Um, long as scrums
1: don't become like rugby league, then I'm I'm still happy, you know. Yeah, but yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, obviously, there's going to be benefits and and you know advantages to it, uh, disadvantages. But uh, that's one that I can see straight off is that. Yeah, obviously. Um, the options that they do take from a dropout from the try line, um, you you don't want to try and retrieve your ball and and have a mishap and then they're real close and they'll just capitalise on a mistake and score a try because it's closer, whereas if they try to do that at a 22. So uh, what would change there? That They'll just try and kick it as long as possible Mm. and then try and bring the line up to try and defend.
0: Yeah. Uh, One thing I'll say because I watched some of the trials – Just in the build-up and the the attack looks a little bit more like league. So I've seen a couple of grubber kicks towards the end goal, that sort of stuff, which Mm. um, we wouldn't have normally seen before. So yeah, I think that people are doing more attacking kicks. If that's good for the game or not, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah, But um, yeah, just because they know that if they do, if they it's going to be a goal line dropout. Yeah. They they wouldn't they wouldn't they wouldn't
1: do those risk there's there's too much of a risk on the try line.
0: So I think we're seeing more different types of... Especially when they're passing
1: it, you know, to see who's going to kick it or do a little tap over that 22 metre line. And normally sometimes they're just passing it in that 22 area. But you wouldn't be even doing that. Because then how far away do the opposition stand from the goal goal line dropout?
0: Well, yeah, I'm not sure.
1: I can't even remember how far uh, they stand with the league one because, because, you know, you're trying to, Drop kick it as far as possible in league. Mm. Um, I can't recall really off the top of my head them having someone there trying to jump up in the air with arms outstretched, just like they do on the 22 dropout. Yeah. Um, you have your players, your hookers trying to um, deter or you know distract the, the person trying to drop the ball out. Um, so, yeah, I'm just questioning how close are the, the defenders going to be from this drop. Uh, drop kick from the try line or are they actually going to be 10 meters from them
0: yeah it's going to be interesting um yeah i suppose that's my biggest gripe is more not gripe i don't know if that's the right word but more that the games are becoming quite similar yeah yeah So i I did like that that what they were essentially even though the skill sets can be quite similar they are still essentially very different games and Having adopting a lot of their style and I do think that rugby takes a lot more from league than the other way around which we talked about um, last year as well so um, some of these innovations are sort of more just copying their style but I think it does add a, another dynamic to the attack at least so it'll be interesting to see how, how it unfolds throughout the season anyway
2: mm.
0: Alright, uh, good thoughts there Rog um, I wanted to get a couple of thoughts I will say we've got a TAB account so we're up to one hundred and seventeen dollars. We started with fifty dollars. So we're just going to do a couple of uh, a couple of predictions here. Um, we're oh, just look before you go in there, uh, yep. Stace,
1: just the uh, captain's challenge. Yeah. Oh, what, what were your thoughts on the captain's challenge? Because you got one go at it for the whole game. You know, <laughs> if you utilize it early on, and then you got something that contentious that happens later on. But I guess you've only got one challenge. So interesting that they've brought that in because I thought the captains are always challenging referees anyway (coughs) throughout a game. So is it just it's almost putting the the ball in you know in the advantage of the player to be able to um, stop a captain? But I I mean they're they're already challenging referees' calls and adjudications of the game anyway. And it's it's whether and then they end up going upstairs and checking it. But is it more going upstairs from the TMO, or is it uh, in the past or currently until this new uh, regulation? But I'm not too sure. It just seems like I guess they've got an official, just like in tennis. Mm. But tennis has got a couple of them, don't they? Um, uh, but then, it'd be interesting to see. Is there a limit in cricket?
0: Yeah. There was yes, a limit it's right? similar. I think got, okay. you, get one, you get one go as well. Mm. But this is, I think, well, what I do like is it takes a bit of pressure off the referees at least. If the referee gets it wrong, then you can say, hey, look, you should have challenged it if you thought that was the wrong call. As opposed to just, you know, there's a lot of referee blaming and stuff that goes along. But then that takes a bit of pressure off them and they can say, hey, look, if you disagreed with that decision, you should have challenged it. As yeah, so that
1: example there, ref, we think there was a knock-on at the last ruck before this try. Can you check, please? Isn't that
0: what happens anyway? Isn't that what happens already? Well, yeah, I think it's it's uno, uno, it was unofficial though. So that uh, this is now an official rule. So But then does that does that take stuff.
1: away from them asking and asking the referee later on? Like say, hey, come on, ref but what if the TMO hasn't spotted it or the TMO or they see the referee will ask the TMO to look at the footage and advise with a referral. But they're doing that already, aren't they? Well that's the thing. Maybe that is
0: probably why they brought it in because Players are so you can only do every, it once now. You can only play, do it once. Players are challenging everything, <laughs> every single trial. Can, you look, uh, at that? can you okay. look at that. Can you look at that. Can you look at that. Well, now they can say no. You can only do that once. So maybe they're trying to help speed up the game. And so oh, look oh, questions.
1: hold on, hold on. But then further down, if they are incorrect, if the captain's referral is correct, then they get to the keep. Oh, so they can use it so long as it's correct. Right. As soon as it's wrong, then they've lost the right to right. Wow. Well. Getting okay. quite technical these is, rules now. It is, it is, because...
0: It's another interesting dynamic, so I'll say that. If they're incorrect, the referrals...
1: The wow, so you just got to always hope that they're always correct, so you always got that up your up your sleeve, because... Yeah, well, I'm sure
0: that you know players will say, hey, look, check this, even though they didn't really think they saw anything, just in case. Well, now you've got to be really sure. Otherwise, you leave specific the specific about what they are referring. Yeah, because you can challenge anything that's happened in the previous five minutes. So you could say, oh, there was a knock-on four minutes ago. But you've got to be specific. You can't just say, was there a knock-on? So they had a captain's challenge today. Um, the chief's challenged something. But he wasn't specific enough. He said, I think I saw a knock-on there. They had a look, and he said, oh, no, maybe it was not <laughs> somewhere else back. And then they said, no, nah, no, nah, you, you, but you look at not specific you
1: scroll enough. Up, so a captain cannot use his referral to stop play following a quick tap penalty or quick throw. So someone might quick tap and it's it's all legit. No, 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 I've got a a referral. (laughs) Ref, 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 pull it back because I've got to question something that just happened, you know, so I guess you can't do that. Uh, Scrum and line-out are not part of the referral process. Well, I believe it should be because there's a lot of niggly uh, instances that happens in that front row or even in the the scrum itself. So why is that... Why is that not afforded the same right? Whereas any general players, that's, that's, that's bull's
0: wool. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm interested to see how it unfolds at least, you know. These new rules, um, they do add some you know, some intrigue at least. So it'll be good to see if someone gets it horribly wrong and they waste their review, then a, an absolute shocking cork happens afterwards and you can't review it. Well, if a line-out's not going to be part of the scrutiny, then uh, yeah. The referee might deem it
1: not, the carry on, the ball straight. And go, Hold on, ref, can we recheck that? That was not a straight throw. What are you looking at? You know, so, well, how come it's not afforded the same? Well, because that's grey as well. It wasn't but that's the what? whole point of uh, a referral, a captain's uh, right <coughs> to make a referral within 10 seconds of, of a
0: try being scored. Yeah, but uh, like a knock on is black and white. Uh, a line out straightness is sort of a line out that is there's, not there's straight,
1: that or is straight, a line out that's not straight, a crooked line out that is not great. That if you re look at it, the referee might be staying on the wrong angle and he's dangerous. So, why can't they replay that?
0: No, this has got to oh, put that in gray area this, because this there, open up a can of worms. Ones, this crooked ones,
1: and then, they, and then and you, you penalize the wrong prop. And then like the captain was say, no, hold on, it wasn't my prop's fault. It was the opposition prop. Can we go upstairs, please, referee? But it's not being afforded the same right. And I think also because it's… A, Don't it's just a fob way. me off like this, Stacey. You just moved on to the next point. So you're not <laughs> hearing my… Uh, no, I, I hear
0: what you're saying. I, I think that they should start off… You're not smart, hearing my fatu. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, it's going to be interesting. I'll say that. It's going to add a, a good dynamic. Yes. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I know, like some of the innovations, sometimes they just fall by the wayside. So th- this could be a one year and done if it doesn't. <laughs> if some of the things you brought up, have, have Australia go. done this, or is it just Australia easier? have done this last year, I believe? And they, oh, they did it last. in their NPC, uh, didn't they? Yeah, uh, I think they're going to carry on with it as well. So, okay, yeah, nice thoughts there. So, yep, just for the the listeners, keep an eye out for those new rules as well. So, and let us know your thoughts if you can. Um, yeah, that'd be good. But, um, yeah, Rog, we'll, we'll move on to our next section. Um, we're going to do some predictions. So I mentioned earlier we've got $117 in our TOB account. So we start off with $50. So a lot of our predictions have come through quite well, actually. So we've made us, um, I'm not a mathematician, so I can't say, but we've made profit, I'll say that, um, up to $117. So I'll get you to predict, mate, who you think's going to win Super Rugby Aotearoa. The Chiefs. The Chiefs, so basically, we're going to flush ten dollars down the toilet. <laughs> we're going to put a ten dollar bet on uh, the, the Chiefs. Chiefs they're going to, they're give going give to be me a reason. give me a reason why the Chiefs are going to out. because they got, they got a lot to prove, um,
1: as to what they didn't achieve last year. So, having had a torrid run of eight defeats last year, I think they're going to um right the wrong and take out. This title of Super Aotearoa And we will look after it a lot better Than anyone else has done in the f- past Crusaders
0: <laughs> Carry on Yeah uh, My prediction Is I'm going to pick the Blues I think they came second What's new? Close I knew uh, that they was coming equal, They came actually equal on point I believe With the Crusaders
1: Oh but you didn't win You I had uh, Of uh, all uh, the talk with You had uh, Bowden Barrett Yeah, you got all excited about Daniel Carter coming in, um, most expensive water boy. So, you know, there's all the talk about the the past (laughs) three championships that the Blues had um, won, 96, 97 and 2003, were with world class first fives. Did you not have a world class first five last year?
0: And he did, and he pulled us up to first equal.
1: But you didn't win. But every championship that the Blues have won, we're with world-class first five. Since 2003, you haven't had a world-class first five. Uh, You've had all of the, you know, players, Tassisa LaVea come through. You've had Steve Brett come through, Stephen Brett. Um, But then you got all excited about and that's, that's not saying anything bad about those players I've just mentioned, but you had a world-class player, and this is coming from the fans, the Blues fans and the yep. and the people who have talked and they've spoken and they deemed that Bowdoin Barrett, just as well as his records speak for himself, you know, World, World Player of the Year, he was a world-class player. So I agree he's a world-class player, but the championship never came. Super all never came. They didn't have the doorstopper. What happened?
0: Well, yeah, I think first equal is still a good result. When you consider these stats... First equal, hold on, you, hold on, hold on, you you hold on,
1: hold on. The did they share the title? Did they share the title? Well, uh, well, uh, uh, am I missing on, something here? When we look back at who won Super Aotearoa, is it going to be Blues and Crusaders? Is well, that, is
0: in, that my, the, in my estimation In your estimation
1: Is it on Stacy's Hold on hold on The media got it all wrong New Zealand Rugby got it all wrong
0: Why is it not the Blues They, they got it wrong Slash Crusaders and, and Why? They got it wrong Because they didn't have a final And it's hard to So how, have a how final. What was the
1: format How did The Blues knew the format The Blues knew how They were well, going to we determine lost a the winner We lost the game through COVID No 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 How were they going to determine a winner Of the championship?
0: Yeah, we fought against was going to be the... Yeah, play. and but so where, connect, where did it end up?
1: Where did it end up? Because they weren't the other... The, the Highlanders missed out as well. They had a game that was cancelled. But, yeah, well, they
0: weren't running to be But fair. what but if, if it, made, it, what if it made a difference? Points, so if the results were different? I think they... W- they, If they could have won by enough points, they could have won the title. But that's sort of why a final was important. And they've got it right this year. So there is a final this year. But the reason that I'm picking the Blues to win is not because I think the Blues are, are great, or even though I do think that. I think the Crusaders have got too many injuries that's going to pull them down slightly. And I think the Blues have enough firepower to maximise, mm. to take the most advantage of those injuries. So we talked about George Bridge. We talked about Braden Enor, Tom Sanders, Makaleo. These are quality, super rugby level elite guys, all black guys, some of them as well. And I just don't know that they've got the... the, the depth will be tested, is what I'll say. And for that reason, I think the Blues will win... Super Rugby Aotearoa When it comes to the combined trans-Tasman If it goes ahead like you've mentioned I think the Crusaders will get their guns back And they'll win that that, that section But this first section I think the Blues will win Super Rugby Aotearoa For that reason, the injuries to the Crusaders More than the Blues' greatness I'll take mm. your silence as agreements no,
1: no, <laughs> no. I'm not going to dignify that With a response Gonna <laughs> I don't need to. I don't need to. Well, Stacy's talking. Stacy believes NZRU got it wrong that the Blues and Crusaders share this title. I did not see them pass it back to them after the celebrations had by the Crusaders to the Blues. How can you say that? That's no, no, no that's wrong. It's, well, it's,
0: it's, yeah, I'm just being a bit bit more technical. Bit more technical with the, <laughs> but that with technicality
1: answers. didn't deserve didn't afford them a championship. Mm-hmm. They didn't they're not gonna be on that um uh, th- their names are not going to be engraved on the doorstop. Well. Yeah.
0: I, I think the team, it's not far-fetched for the team to come. that came second last year to mm. you know kick on, to, to become first. So, yeah, that's my prediction. Well, um, we're going to put our $10 on your... We're going with you, Roger. So we're going to put $10 on the Chiefs to take you You won't out. be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> you have come up with... You actually had the biggest bet, which one is the most money, I'll say <laughs> that as well, with one of those EDAS picks of yours. But... Um, <laughs> Wooden spoon, mate. Who do you think's gonna take out the wooden spoon? We're looking at Super Rugby Alteror. Who do you think's gonna, gonna take that out?
1: I'm gonna go with the, the blues. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that's, that's not, the, not I'm that's saying like that, repeat of last year. No, no, no. I'm just saying that's pure in heart that I believe the blues had a had a stellar season. They almost they were almost there last year, but I think um, we're gonna Come back to reality, and then see what the, the blues are that we know of. The true blues—they're going to be blues bottoms.
0: <laughs> 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 okay, okay, okay. I'm going to with all,
1: with all, de, all due respect yeah, to the blues fans, out out there. Out the podcast, I know you're hating so. on me. You're seeing, yeah, I think, yeah. Well, I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, oh, I'm going for the canes, the hurricanes. So My opinion is just
1: as as warranted as Stacey believing that the Blues and the Crusaders won the title. Yeah. A shared title <laughs> last year.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna take the Hurricanes to win the wooden spoon, unfortunately, for the Hurricanes. <laughs> I just feel like that nine, ten X is the decision making guys, they've just lost too much, too much good players. So they lost Bodie. That was a massive loss for them. Now they've lost TJ. And I feel like, you know, all the great things that they did when they were really awesome was based around them too. And their whole game plan was almost structured around what they were doing. So I don't know if they can recover from losing those key playmakers and those key decision makers uh, in critical positions. So for that reason, I think the Canes mm. are going to be in for a tough, tough year. Although I think I did pick the Canes to come last last year as well. I which, mean, like the uh, Highlanders
1: last year. But
0: hmm. all right, so something new. Um, we're going to look at a standout player for both. Super Rugby, New Zealand and Australia. So one thing that I saw, which I thought was weird, is that Super Rugby, they don't have an MVP, or they don't have a Team of the Year, or any of that sort of stuff. So the NRL's got their Delaim awards, and you know the NBA has an MVP. Uh, all the basically every top sporting competition in the world has an English Premier League soccer, uh, the NFL, all of them except for Super Rugby, and I thought that was bloody weird. You know they're trying to make it as an international you know, legitimate top elite franchise um, sporting competition and they haven't even got their own MVP or a team of the year or any of that sort of stuff. So I thought we would do our own one and we'll call it the, as you know, the NRL's got the M medal and we could call ours the Wiz Wiz medal after our network. Hey, hey. So we'll do it similar to how the NRL do theirs. So three points for the best player, two points for the second best player, one point for the third best player. For each of the games Because we do do our reviews every week And at the end of the season We'll accumulate all the points And we should have A Wes Wes medal winner For the player of the year Wow And we can also have A Wes Wes team of the year Based on the point system Okay So With that in mind Give me a prediction For your Wes Wes medal winner So because Super Rugby Australia and New Zealand Will be running concurrently And there'll be that Dual competition at the end We'll conclude the Australians In this section for, player Wiz Wiz for our inaugural winner oh, okay. of the WizWiz Wiz Medal.
1: So just one player overall uh, from the two competitions. Yeah. Anyone? Anyone that pops in my mind? Um, Lachlan Bush I
0: didn't <laughs> you were going to say
1: someone from the Chiefs. No, no, come on, I mate. Just, I, just, I just say, I'm putting it out there Lachlan Bush he's gonna He's got a massive point to prove. Um, he's had some disappointments on. You know, and, and we don't know. We speculate as as supporters, as as um, spectators, that he was disappointed with not getting um, higher honour, of even being included in the in the in the team. So he's been informed that he's got a lot. He's got <coughs> X um, to work on, this and that to work on. So hopefully he's come. If he's come back, he showed his form in the in the um, ITM Cup as well last year, and hopefully he just continues it and he proves. That he does deserve uh, a spot in the All Blacks squad this year, or you know, so hopefully he's able to, you know, do what he did best last year, we sh- we saw that everyone saw that whether they supported the Chiefs or not, they saw the uh, the value that he added, the turnovers, the tackles, the tries that he scored, and uh, his general play. So that's my.
0: Yeah, I was I was giving you crap about the picking a Chiefs player, but that's actually not a bad shot. I think Bush here, he's really starting to hit his, his straps, mm. I think. He was close to the best player, if not the best player in Super Rugby last year, so it's not that far-fetched to think that he's going to carry it on. Yeah. Um, Just happens to be a Chief, but yeah. that's that's my Yeah, my so actually not a bad shot there. The guy I've gone for, um, I've gone for James O'Connor from the Reds. So the Reds, I think they... Gave the Waratahs an absolute smashing last night and I think the Reds will move in to be the best Australian team. I think O'Connor, he plays a critical role of first five and he's just been named the captain. Mm. So a lot is going to rest on his shoulders and he's their primary playmaker and all the rest of it. So I think the Reds will have a good year and he will be a big part of the reason why. So O'Connor, it might be stink if the first win of a West, West medal is an Australian. But yeah, I'm picking O'Connor to be was he born, player, was he I
1: born in New Zealand Technically, <laughs> he was born here. yeah but um not that's not a bad choice Yeah, say that was my Australian choice as well so yeah
0: and just also for our listeners so we've got um we've already had two games so we'll have to do a three two one of the two games that have been played in Australia just because we're going to include that in the points. So I haven't watched... Uh, have you watched any... Did you catch any of those two games? Just uh, the, the, uh, the game? red
1: card to the young Warrata... <laughs> s- 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 s-
0: s- <laughs> the young Warrata
1: centre, they got sent off for um, a spare tackle where the legs went past horizontal. Unfortunate, but yeah, young young player there, but I'm not too sure what the the outcome was of that game, what the end result was, but mm, but they kicked off last night.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, so keep an eye we'll be putting some stuff... Stuff on our uh, social media as well for that wiz wiz medal so you can keep track of who's got X amount of points uh, to follow through. But our last thing that we're going to predict, Rog, uh, this was a section we had last year which worked really well, um, which was a, a rookie to watch or an all-black bolter or maybe an Australian bolter. So I remember last year we identified Caleb Clark, uh, mm-hmm. Hoskins, the two got identified as a potential all-black bolters and they got in. Someone said Boshear as well who he should have got in. Yeah. Um. Uh, Karifi got uh, someone, picked Karifi as well, yeah. uh, who was part of the All Black squad. So I think that this section worked really well last year with our predictions of just some guys to watch out for who could bolt it from yeah, New Zealand yeah. or Australia. So if you've got someone that you can think of,
1: not at this stage, I don't have anyone. I mean, top of my head, like I remember Hodgman was a dark horse last year as well, and mm-hmm. he he ended up um, becoming an All Black. Not too sure of whether he could, whether he would get to being an All Black at the end of this year, but I've got a lot of interest in watching how Marcel Renata progresses this year. Another Blues prop.
0: Ooh, could we have five All Black props in the Blues? (laughs) (laughs)
1: But yeah, he's obviously played for the New Zealand Māori and and Auckland as well um, for the past few years. So yeah, just interested in his progression and his development. Um, to where he is now. He's, uh, you know, the, I think been part of the, the New Zealand Māori All Blacks for the last two, th- what, three, maybe more seasons. So he's a bit of a mainstay there. And, and Auckland and, and the Blues have obviously invested heavily in him and, and really, um, I think he's come to the fore now and in becoming in, in that Blues squad mm. So, yeah, but he's got a lot of competition in and, and Nepal We Lala, as we mentioned. Hodgman's out there, but he is a solid loose head prop from what I recall. So, whether I'm not too sure whether he plays both sides, but he was a solid loose head prop.
0: Yeah, nice, nice. Quite like that one, actually. Um, a couple of guys. I I've, There's a guy, he's not really a bolter per se, an Australian, Fraser McWright, who plays uh, open side flanker for. Uh, the Reds. Um, Australian people know who who he is. He's quite he's come along and leaps and bounds. But I know Michael Hooper, who we've talked about on the podcast before. He could potentially be the guy who plays 150 Tests. He's so young and he's still going. Mm. But he ended up taking a sabbatical, so he's playing in Japan mm. um, for the. Uh, he's going to miss Super Rugby this year for the Waratahs, and there's, there is an opening now for the seven jersey with the Wallabies. So I think McWright is probably the he's the guy who I think could be the the guy who who takes that jersey. And we talked about Rayasi as well. He's um hmm. he's a guy who looks really good. They probably don't need any more outside backs than the All Blacks. But, you know, when you look at his N P C form, if he carries that on for But the he's Canes. already he's
1: already been part of the Canes, right? He's he's had a handful of games for the Canes. But just doesn't seem to be getting the opportunities to hmm. to transfer those um, those feats that he's achieving at the the Auckland ITM level into Super Rugby. So whether it's just uh, due to the lack of opportunity for him to be able to transition and and show what he has to offer at Super Rugby. Um, So yeah, I mean, excited that when he was playing for Auckland so he's only played for the Kane six times. Yeah. So and he's been he's I'll been I'll there since two thousand
0: nineteen. Not not a rookie per se, but just a guy who hasn't got a lot of opportunities, mm. who if he gets his opportunities, which he will, yeah. he could if I he think carries uh, on his yeah. forms, he could be a guy who bolts into the all blacks. Off the back of last somewhere. year's
1: <laughs> at the back of last year's uh, performances for Auckland, I believe, yeah, he he should it warrants uh, more opportunities for him. But then that depends on um, the competition that's around him at the Canes, as well as, um, yeah, how he pushes on. World Cup's coming up. How how old is our young man, Rayasi? They stick around, push for the All Blacks, but then... 24, yeah, he's young enough. Or, young. Yeah,
0: you know, Samoa, Fiji, <coughs> the World Cup. Yeah, in terms of out-and-out rookies, like you talked about, Bryn Hall, and I think the half-back position is a position after Aaron Smith. There's some opening, so um, Xavier Rowe for the Chiefs mm. is a guy who i really liked. He'll really be putting like. pressure on
1: Weber. Mm.
0: I don't know if he's how much game time he's going to get, but if he gets enough time, he could be, uh, maybe won't be a bit too early from this year, but he's a, an all-black, a future all-black, I, I think, anyway. So a couple of good, good options there. And I will say, because I picked the Blues 2-1 Super Rugby, and I have that theory about you have to have an elite first five, so if the Blues win, and I think they will win, it'll be because Otere Black had a good year and he will bolt into the All Blacks on the back of winning Super Rugby with the Blues. And
1: so you're saying he will he will transition into becoming a world-class festival this year? Yes, yes. From what you saw last year? Yeah. Yeah, I was really encouraged by the Blues um, from what he he displayed last year and Otere Black coming into his own and being able to... Guide the the Blues team to a lot of those wins before Bowden Barrett even took the field. So, I that's credit
0: to Ortega Black. Yep, yep. All right, nice thoughts there, boys. I'm really excited about the Wiz Wiz Medal as well. So, I think that's a new initiative. And I can't believe that Super Rugby doesn't have their own awards ceremony where they acknowledge Just their best players. Write a
1: letter, write a letter. Oh, I send well, like send, like send the, the facts to like Mark Robinson, like
0: mate. You watch NBA, NFL, NRL, English football, every single elite league has it except for super rugby and i think that's that's um yeah i think that's a travesty so it doesn't matter we're gonna pick up that mantle and we're gonna take over it so um watch out for the wes medal and also mate um we're just about to close up roger but i'll get your thoughts i'll just chuck this in there at the last minute south africa wh- where do we, what's gonna where do you see that going like obviously this year's gone but are they gonna be back with us or they're gonna Go north, go it alone. Do you have any thoughts on that? Do we need them? I think it would be interesting
1: with South Africa because obviously they've been one of the more consistent foes with All Blacks in Australia in recent times since the the Tri-Nations in the uh, mid-90s through to now. And it's only just last year where they haven't had that regular competition with South Africa. So since they were reintroduced into international sports. So we don't know how, how you know, is that going to be a detriment to their game um, for South Africa and internationals? Or is, is the avenue of playing their their teams, because they've got their own NPC, but then they have um, teams that are, are playing in the Northern Hemisphere competition already anyway. And so whether they follow that and format and then they have the, the remainder of their super teams playing um, in the Northern Hemisphere Pro 16 is, is where they're at oh. so who knows um, how that will develop because even, they're in a bit of a, a sad state at the moment because even uh, their captain Khaleesi, Khaleesi Khaleesi's gone he's, he's gone from the franchise where he's been playing and was oh, okay. captain there, so he's now at a different
0: franchise. Oh, oh I wasn't aware of that okay. So
1: yeah, it'll be interesting to see w- where this takes him. Um but like I say, we have been so used to Springboks being a part of the the, the international rugby landscape when our All Blacks have their tests, whether it be mid year or at the end of the year. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Does it provide an opportunity for international with the Pacific Island team? Hopefully. It, mm. But um, and that'll strengthen the cause of the Pacific teams as well. But it's always been good because it's been a good gauge for the All Blacks. The All Blacks in, in Australia, because of that regular game with South Africa, you know, we, we sort of understand and, and know their their flaws and know their strengths a lot better than the other international teams that they don't have regular game time with. So it'll just be is it is it now down to the All Blacks in Australia meeting up with South Africa at World Cups only now,
0: so yeah, that's good thoughts. there. i based on what we're we're looking at here online, it does look like the chances of them coming back up look pretty slim. So they might put go in with um, the European leagues and, and be part of them. And I'm I'm curious about what that would mean for us. If would we be weaker if we're not playing South African teams and playing them regularly? Mm. Um, you know, it's sort of that iron sharpens iron sort of mentality. Where yeah. If you're playing the best teams week in week out, that just makes you better, just because you have to be. So, um, I think that. But then, how, th- th- how does that
1: how does that theory then transfer across to Italy? Italy, they've been uh, playing yeah, 21 point. years in the in the Six Nations. Yeah, fair point. They've had 107 games. They've only won 12.
0: How do you pull that? St- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, we got to fact-check that stuff fact because you just that. made that up on the spot.
1: 107 games
0: <laughs> Come from on. this weekend,
1: the 112. And how do they keep playing in that top-tier competition? So, And when other teams who are falling by the wayside never get the opportunity, like the Georges. You know, And, and then I, I was trying to distinguish what was the the purpose of the of including Fiji, of including Georgia. So I I, I didn't realise, I, I thought that was just a, a new uh, format of Six Nations, but it was not. It was just called Autumn Nations, but the Six Nations has resumed this year on this right, side of, right. of New Year's, and that's still Six Nations. So Fiji and Georgia were never part of the Six Nations, but they were part of the Autumn Nations. So two different competitions. I didn't realise that. Until listening and watch, I watched the the game um, between Italy and England, and and that was the stat that came out: a hundred and seven wow. matches, twelve wins in twenty one years.
0: I thought that they would have turned the corner because sometimes it takes a whole generation for it to come through. Because you know, Italy game being part of that Six Nations, yeah. all these young Italian kids who grow up watching it. Thinking to themselves cool, rugby is a legit thing, and I'm not going to play, you know, because they're obviously football mad over there. And then that next generation coming through, similar to what happened with New Zealand rugby league and the Warriors. So yeah, they were he- they were hopeless for for years. are oh, the Kiwis not not hopeless, but they were no match for Australia for quite a long time. They get sporadic wins, and then with the Warriors, then a whole generation later, mm. we start to see the fruits of that with Sean Johnson and all those guys growing up watching the Warriors and the yeah. Kiwis and that. So I thought that maybe that might have happened with Italy, but that obviously hasn't hasn't happened. But um, yeah, it's, it'll be sad if South Africa leave. Well, I would think that even though the time the time zones aren't comfortable for us, yeah. games at three in the morning, one o'clock in the morning, whatever, I still think that tour would probably be poorer without them. I'll say that.
1: Well, then where do they on an international level then do they get included into the Six Nations?
0: What time time zone wise? It's better for them. It is better for them. It is. So, and the Six Nations, in terms of the finances, they will leave us in the dust. Yeah. And the commercial realities, are they do mean something. So, I know South African rugby, oh, I'm not going to comment on their, their financial positions, actually. I, I assume that they're not that that well off. But, um, that, yeah, if you could be part of the Six Nations, that's one of the most lucrative Absolutely. tournaments in the and that's, probably, you know, rugby in terms. That's probably the... The most lucrative tournament in the world Yeah I saw the stats I was seeing them bring up stats, stats They were just sort of making up uh, But in terms of um, crowds I think it's in the top two or three In the whole world Like they they get sellouts every year Twickenham's sold out every game So they're averaging like 40,000 per game Just throughout all of the Six Nations And I think that's right up there With like the um, German soccer And um, the it's NFL crazy. And It's crazy It's crazy by, uh, attendance. So, yeah, they got the
1: population eh, In South Africa got population as well to boot in um, their own domestic competitions as well. So, uh, and you're always seeing that you know Ellis Park and at all the the super the the local derby super rugby games, they're always chocker mm. the, and because they've got the population for it as well.
0: Yeah, And style wise too, like they don't play how we play in New Zealand and Australia. They mm. play more closely to England, a forward orientated game. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that might be a good mix. I oh, will see. we will only later at the moment, but um, yeah, good thoughts there, Roger. I, I we probably we've been on the same page a lot throughout this podcast, which is <laughs> which is uh, that's a new something new for twenty twenty one, which we haven't had <laughs> in twenty twenty. But uh, yeah, Roger we're just about to close up, mate. So um, we'll get some some final thoughts, mates, and some last words before just in closing. Another Samoan played his
1: uh, debut for Italy on the wing against France the week before. And then he scored a try, his first international try against uh, England. Who who was that? Um, His surname escapes me. Montana. Is he from here or? I'm not too sure. If you look at, see who scored that try for Italy against, oh no, it was the week after that. Italy, England. Italy, England, yeah. So he scored the first points of that match was a
0: try. But he looked good. He reminded me of Digby Iwane. Oh, okay. Oh, That's good. Well, keep an eye out for that Italian guy. So what else? Any other?
1: They just seem awkward. Eh? Italy, always a bit of an awkward team. Like sometimes just their forwards just don't seem to have that mongrel sometimes. you got to um,
0: feel for um, Parise and these types of... Yeah, well, Guns, you you, you look
1: at his record, like he's a centurion for them, and then how many of those games would be losses? Hey, you know how here it is here, boom.
0: But he he was a, he was an elite, elite eight. So you know if he was a different nationality, Monty, but they Monty
1: Juane here. But they uh, his <coughs> name came up as Montana, but they they call him Monty. But I think his his full name was Montana. I said, like, oh, maybe named after Joe Montana.
0: Well, that's a good Italian name, so he probably fits in there now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's from Australia, <coughs> Queensland Reds. Moved to France 2013, star
0: Francais. I even played for Bablini. Okay, so he's come through on the residency. Uh, Marco. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, after three years. <laughs> oh, plays <laughs> like Digby. This is uncle. Oh, I just thought, yeah, he looked like Digby. <coughs> uh, reminded me of Diggie. I didn't realize oh they actually related. Oh there you go. There you go. Nice. Cool. Otherwise looking forward to the season.
2: Um
0: cool.
1: ahead, as well as the Rocky Soriola Cup. Yep. I'm not too sure what uh scraps has given me, but we'll see. We'll see.
0: Yep. Nice nice there, Rog. Uh we'll keep an eye out on this guy, Montana. It's always good to see you know, people of Pacific Island descent doing well. Uh, in other parts of the world as well, so I'm definitely a guy to watch out for. Yeah, I'm with you, Rogers. Great to see rugby starting starting up again. Mm. Um, it's going to be an interesting season. One thing that positive, which we've talked about this before, that's come out of COVID, is that um, you, know, you get these Super Rugby at All because the derbies, the home derbies, yeah, yeah. even when when it was combined, those were the best games. So now you get a derby every week. It's really good. And um, one thing I will say is like. You know, with Super Rugby Alteredo, there's only five teams, so you're only getting two games a week and two Australian games. And to me, that's just not enough. So hopefully, um, you know, fingers crossed we can get that Pacific Island team up and running sooner rather than later, just so we can get more games. Um, And it's obviously good for. Uh, people of Pacific Island descent um, like us. And yeah,
1: I guess that'll be a subject for later on, closer to the 22-2 season. Yep, yep, for uh, sure. With minor Pasifika, because, um, yeah, that'll change. It'll be interesting to see who includes, who's going to be playing in that franchise. And Chotes, <laughs> Nicole Jones, all those guys <laughs> that should have got picked <laughs> up, but that didn't. All those guys at the Blues are going to, oh, you want to a water training squad uh, contract so we can keep you in our system? <laughs> yeah. But yeah you'll, be see, yeah, you'll be a lot of players that are coming from abroad, you know, and playing um, and, and might be included in that Moana Pacifica team, with, regardless of whether the Pacific Island or eligible for any Pacific Island team or not. But yeah. that'll be another subject closer to that season.
0: Yeah, and we've brought a lot of that, um, you know, the Moana Pacifica right throughout the podcast through last year. So we're definitely going to keep mm. keep a close eye on that. Um, yeah just thanks to the listeners and um, the watchers for you know following our podcast Rog always a knowledgeable guest <laughs> as usual flukes you know sometimes the heart <laughs> sometimes the heart is, uh, comes through a bit too strong in some of these oh, predictions whoa whoa, whoa. But, <laughs> hey, mate, I was just, uh, just uh, <laughs> mathematical no no but yeah it's always a pleasure to have you on Rog and um, you know thanks for being part of the pod um, yeah I've mentioned this before but follow our social media um, Facebook we're on Facebook and on Twitter so can check us out there and, and YouTube. YouTube, we've got a YouTube page and our website. So we're going to do a lot of good things. I mentioned before we're going to do the Manu Samoa breakdown of what, how great it was in 91 and mm. what went wrong after that. That's for the 30 year anniversary. We've got a couple of other big things coming up, which I won't divulge too much about because I have to think about it a bit more. But um, yeah. yeah, to all our listeners and to everyone, thanks for tuning in for another episode. We'll be back weekly as well, like we were last year. So just keep following and keep listening. Um, all right, cheers. Thanks, Roch. So cool. Thanks, Gibbs.